Hello everyone, and welcome to The Fallen Fruit. My name is Stephanie Janese. I'm Katherine Urban. Lynette Ramos. And today, we've got a very exciting episode. Uh, we're going to be hearing from Lynette, who's going to just be all up on the mic with her honey, suckle, butterscotch voice that I love. So, gear up, y'all. So, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted to be in radio or something. When I was little, I wanted to be a VJ. Ooh. I mean, you have <laughs> that like kind of sensual tone, Ooh. that mysterious tone behind the... I could have been the host of Unsolved Mysteries. Yes. Wow, that's a big Whoa, B. Whoa, that's Aww. a big B. Yeah, that's we're chunky, definitely boy. in the outdoor treehouse today. A little Always. nature spirits coming Keeping over to say hey. All right. Yeah. How you guys feeling today? I'm feeling good. I I'm think we had like the giggles before we started. So we we'll did. See what we do have the giggles now. <laughs> we were giggly. We had a little girl talk, you know. Yeah. 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 The moon's out of Capricorn. Yeah. It's in Aquarius today. Ooh. Yeah. And I, I mean, I may have microdosed or not with a little caffeine. So there you go. Perfect little <laughs> Sunday cocktail. Mm hmm. So we have some exciting stuff on the horizon, specifically with Lynette. Lynette, do you want to tell us a little bit about what you have going on? Yeah, so I'm just really happy to have the platform to like talk about this in more detail. I'm going to be talking about a project that um, I am currently working on, and um, it's specific to Puerto Rico and my ancestors, but one of my intentions with this project is to inspire people that are connected with Tainos or Puerto Rico or not. So basically, I received a grant from Cuyahoga Arts and Culture via Julia de Burgos Cultural Arts Center to travel to Puerto Rico. And I'm going to be researching and studying my uh, ancestors, uh, the indigenous people of Puerto Rico, the Tainos. And I'm also going to be researching and learning uh, more about one of our traditional dances called Bomba. And um, so I'm really excited. Um, I've been setting up interviews with people that are elders and teachers in our community. So the goal is to bring the footage, the research, the interviews uh, to Julia de Burgos for free workshops. And then I want to put together a mini documentary as well. So I think that many of us can agree that, uh, you know, when you're teaching, using the arts is a great way. Mm -hmm. Music, showing people in their raw and authentic form. So I look forward to doing that. That's awesome. Yeah. So do you have like a little mini tour set up in Puerto Rico? So there's, um, there's one specific, it's called the Taina route, which basically will take you to like a museum. It'll take you to places that have like petroglyphs, uh, places that uh, ceremonies used to be conducted. So there's some places that um, basically hold some of the history 
that I'll be traveling to. And I also want to go to some of our sacred rivers and places that, again, uh, the Tainos used to do ritual or being really in tune with the land because um, people that I've talked to that have gone to Puerto Rico or gone to their, their place of origin, just coming to these places in nature, it's like this remembrance, this, mm -hmm. it's like it, it ignites something within you. So I'm curious to see what will happen it's also uh, interesting that the Tainos in Puerto Rico, um, they were basically, the history shows that they were wiped out completely. But uh, within the last, I'd have to get the date, but within the last decade or so, there was DNA tests shown that um, a large percentage of Puerto Ricans still hold the DNA of the Tainos. Mm -hmm. So um, many people said that they just didn't exist. And, and we are here. Um, so it's interesting that, you know, that's kind of, there's this Taino resurgence. And um, technically in Puerto Rico, the Tainos cannot conduct any sort of public ceremonies. Why? Yeah, it's just, not, you're not allowed to do it. Is that because they want to preserve the sacredness or is that because of like colonial powers being like, yeah, no, you can't. Yeah, it, it, I sense it's colonial power because in terms of, um, protecting the sacred places in terms of like preservation and all of that there really isn't a lot of money or effort to do that mm -hmm. um and then also there were obviously natural disasters that you know um kind of impacted the land and things like that so yeah i thought that was interesting that why can't we do public ceremony so i personally i want to take um i want to have some footage of me i'm going to do my own ceremonies dance ceremonies and I'm going to do it on the land. Um, I just think that's ridiculous that we're not able to express ourselves in that way. So that is yeah. like criminal, isn't yeah. it? It's insane. I remember when I went to Puerto Rico, like being on that land. And I think, I think the, the, the powers that be know this too. Like that land is straight magic. Like mm. you touch that soil, you breathe that air. It's, it hits different. Um, I have goosebumps. Yeah. Like, I going to El Yunque, like the rainforest, and just being, like, the animals, the sounds, you know, like, at night, the air, it's like, uh, it's so alive. Mm. And I think, for sure, it's definitely a portal. Um, that one point of the Bermuda Triangle is on Puerto Rico. It's on, like, the um, one of the towers of the fort, El Morro. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's one of the points of the Bermuda Triangle. My mom was like, don't stand in that point or you'll get hit. my somebody's cousin because it's always somebody's cousin got <laughs> struck by lightning standing there. And I was like, all right, I'm going right there. So <laughs> that's where really that's going. <laughs> I did. And I was like, I mean, it's a clear day. Uh, <laughs> but like being on those cliffs, too, and like staring out at the ocean. Yeah, was really insane like i definitely cried and just yeah. had this release because i was thinking of like our ancestors you know our indigenous ancestors standing mm. on these cliffs and seeing those fucking ships coming mm. and like having no just uh, well they were loving people they were they were you know? they were very peaceful uh, yeah there were there were stories of uh, basically people showing up on their coastline and they you know, nurse them back to health. Mm -hmm. And then later they were ended up, you know, taking over the island. But yeah, you know, their, in, their natural inclination is to support, heal and love. So mm -hmm. even yeah, when they yeah. would like have battles or like, you know, fights, they used like sticks 
nothing that could like puncture or cause like fatal damage mm. wow. it was just like let me just hit you in the funny bone and <laughs> like more of an on your honorable shin. yeah like, let's let's and fight made that. the best man win kind of thing yeah no there wasn't that sense of like gore and violence. Yeah. i mean at least from what i've read yeah like, obviously you know i like that mm-hmm. well there was a point where that didn't work out so well for no, us. But. No, no, because I would, damn. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've talked about that before is, you know, I think part of our discovery and research and learning is how do we balance that? Mm-hmm. How can we be that loving group of people, but also have some boundaries and some discernment? Fuck some shit up when we need to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Facts. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm super, I'm super excited to go. Um I honestly, you know, there's also in Puerto Rico now, there's um, a lot of people coming in from different places because they get tax breaks from cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, one of my goals is also to potentially even buy some some land or at least for now, uh, contribute to some of the efforts to preserve the land. There's a lot of GMO testing there. And so it's a very fertile land that Mm -hmm. has been raped. Um, and from what I understand, it's our closest rainforest. It's the only oh, really? rainforest yeah. in the United States, quote yeah. unquote. Quote yeah. unquote. But, yeah. Yeah. So we, we need to preserve that. And that's one of the aspects that I think that this project people can see or experience or, or resonate with, even if you don't have any ties to the island. It's just mm-hmm. being able to preserve that land that is important to us, you know, yeah. from the perspective of health and us surviving period (laughs) yeah i mean we're just killing off we know we're we're destroying the land so yeah i've been seeing a big um resurgence of folks online just saying like people even on the island like hey puerto ricans in the diaspora like come buy land it's not that difficult Mm -hmm. like these white people are just like coming here with no idea of the culture the land anything and just mm-hmm. Ooh, mm-hmm. And like buying up property mm-hmm. and making it work and it's like why can't we we've been told like oh no and even our parents generation like if you go back be careful yeah there's like this like fear it's from, an it's weird it's really weird so my dad is retired and i i've been telling my parents like you two should like go get a little property there you know grow mm-hmm. some vegetable because like my parents love to be outside and my dad was like you know, if I go out there, you know, I got to have my gun. I got to have this and I have that. And I'm like, but look where we live. Like <laughs> we go to like Gas USA and like, I think it's just not to like throw shade, but it's about what we're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. We're comfortable being in certain parts of the hood, but somehow being like out in farmland where you don't know people, somehow that's more dangerous. Like yeah. it's, and, and I'm not saying, I know Puerto Rico has some spots that, just like anywhere else is not right. like, you know, there's violence or whatever. But I think, again, I think that we just have our set of, of comfortability, mm-hmm. but anything outside of that, even if it's not more dangerous, we're just, even if it's reclaiming our own land, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you, your parents have every right, you know, yeah. Yeah. That's what we should be doing. Well, this is, this is the conversation, right? Yeah. And again, this goes beyond just Puerto Rico. It's like, how do we, preserve our history our culture how do we pay it forward how Mm -hmm. do we bring things that are beneficial from our past forward so i think that most of us can i think we need to step more into that yeah i really love hearing you discuss that a little bit before we got to recording about um lynette was kind of talking about what the purpose is 
like what what is the spiritual motivation behind this this journey and it was you were talking a lot about how important it is for people to to just connect back with their roots Mm -hmm. yeah I think we're in a place right now where we're as a society as a country as a world we're going through a lot of transition Uh, things are dying things are coming to the light we're you know in disagreement on a lot of different things and I think that that's okay because you know growth is messy but I think that Uh, we are a communal people as a whole. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you go back far enough, most of us have come from a shamanic way of being, you know, being in touch with the land, ritual, ceremony, community, all of that. And so I think if we can find a way to understand our roots, bring forward what needs to be brought forward, what's beneficial, heal what has kept us in certain cycles, and then find ways to live in tolerance of each other. So sometimes what another group does can impact you negatively, right? And so sometimes you can't have tolerance around that. But if another person's way is not impacting your your life, I think we need to find more tolerance. So yeah, so part of this this project is to inspire people to go back to their roots. And also part of this is also about being in that wheel of prosperity. So local creatives, videographers, graphic designers, Mm -hmm. healers, wisdom keepers, I want to be able to provide them some financial support to for them to do um, and display their craft, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. And so I think that if we can all do that, so as an example, if let's say, you know, I have these group of people that I pay in this project and then they go out and do that in their community and it just how can we start paying ourselves for doing what we're good at and what comes naturally to us and what entertains us and can educate us too mm-hmm. all at the same time mm-hmm. yeah it's, i mean like art all of that dance all of those forms are like those are the the story keepers of our our future mm-hmm. and our past and yep. like that informs i think people we're so stuck in the cycle that we're stuck in because we're not trying to like really rectify the past Mm -hmm. or like really create any sustainable change Mm -hmm. it's just a whole lot of band-aids and the wound is just pussing and infected and Mm -hmm. the band-aids all falling off you know it gets all brown yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, we've got some stuff (laughs) to face and i think that right now we're in a place that we can no longer ignore Mm -hmm. them it's gotten past that Mm -hmm. you know that point so from that perspective it is good and i think that when we look at history we see the patterns of um taking over certain lands, you know, infiltrating certain cultures and societies and places. So I think that we have, it's like a war against humanity. Mm-hmm. So it's like, this is nothing really new, right? No. If we, it, these are just cycles that we've been in. So it's like, how do we change that? And yeah. that doesn't come overnight. It's, there's no simple answer to that. But I think it's, um, I think we're, we should be thinking these through and um, looking at ways of solution. How can we get through that? And I think it's so beautiful to celebrate and honor and research, you know, your, your roots. And I think that in a time where um, we're having this important discussion collectively about colonialism, about white supremacy, um, and, and dismantling those structures, I think it's really beautiful to see people coming from backgrounds who haven't been as celebrated or as revered or respected 
really claiming that celebration and that mm-hmm. respect. And, you know, when I see people celebrating their culture, I, you know, like I want to, I want to know more. I want to mm-hmm. get in that, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And so that's really cool that you're creating this documentary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the people, um, he is a, uh, Thaino elder and he created, uh, Kane spiritual circle so he's been really you know back I think in the 80s he's been working on this Thaino resurgence and I remember the day that I had a scheduled interview or just kind of a, a video call I could feel the energy of my ancestors like it was like giddy mm-hmm. and I'm not one I mean I'm intuitive but I don't normally get things like that like it was so clear it mm-hmm. was like they were jumping around they were like so excited so I think that um, what we're doing is, and, and many of the people that I know is, we are healing our ancestral and karmic patterns. Mm-hmm. And so it's like our ancestors are healing too. And that's why it's like, we're, we're helping them heal. They're helping us heal. And we're just creating new patterns. So yeah. it's like this, yeah, it's like celebration, healing, all of that. It's all intertwined. Yeah. It's awesome. It's yeah. like ecosystem of healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that there's, I I just get really excited when you said that. Yeah. It's so dope, you know, like, and even, you know, I'm going to be talking a little bit about the Taino creation story. Yes. And I, I really think that some of the elements are way beyond just the Taino way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's about manifestation. It's about the place of the feminine Mm -hmm. uh, because the Tainos were a matriarchal culture or society if I'm not using those terms correctly yeah so yeah so I think that there's a part of this story that is universal and and when we get into it we'll see that some of the other goddesses that we talked about there's going to be some some overlap right that's just how it goes yeah can you tell us a little bit about the creation myth I freaking love creation myths (laughs) yeah (laughs) so I'm gonna what I did is um if just for for reference, um, I actually did a lot of research with um, it's the ganeycircle.wordpress.com. And this is uh, Miguel Sage is the founder of this website and one of the people that I'll be interviewing. And this website for anyone that um, is from Puerto Rico or has any roots there um, that want to learn more about the Taino way you know you can go there there's like literally you can be on here for years literally learning because they they have the creation story they have rituals all this you know all different types of teachings i was getting into it i found like the archaeo astron i forget how they said it but it was like the astronomy yeah yeah and how they celebrated the equinoxes and the solstices i i mean i was going in yeah because there's some universal truths there right yeah and so what i want to do is i just want to read a paragraph uh that basically i've um taken from a video that they created on youtube so it's not word for word but it's um really close to what they said because the way that he worded it was so beautiful so it reads uh it begins in the time before time the moment before birth, in a realm outside what can be fully understood by the human mind. The ancestors told us there was only one thing in the midst of the nothingness, and that thought was her thought, or excuse me, in the nothingness, that was her thought, her will, and her infinite power to be and let be. 
she manifested herself from the nothingness as a mother, a nurturer, a matriarch, a divine enchantress. Her magic was her chant and her chant was her rhythm. Her rhythm was cyclical, like the beat of the drum, like the shake of the rattle. Her song was cyclical, like the spin of the wheel, a spinning vortex, like the turn, the spin of a hurricane wind. I willed myself pregnant, and from my womb, I gave birth to life itself. So to me, like, wow, we can really just go in there and really look at that as beyond the creation story or myth or however you want to look at it, what is manifestation? Mm -hmm. It's the, it's basically nothingness. It's the void where some people would call that God or, mm -hmm. but let's, it's nothingness. And she, so we're looking she. at she, mm -hmm. okay. She, all she had was her thought, her will and her power. That's how we create. Wow. I know. That's I how we create. You're reading that. Same. Yeah. It's so powerful, you know? And to me, I want to continue to come back to this because that's, that to me, those are the tools right there that we need. So it's like, so basically this is similar to other creation stories in that it's an immaculate conception. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Wow. And what's interesting about this story is that she gave birth to twin boys. Mm -hmm. Okay. And um, I'm still working on pronunciation, but one of the boys was called Ayokahu or Yokahu. And the other one was Okar, but it was spelled G-U-A-K-A-R. And what's interesting about this story is, is that these two twins were twins of duality and contrast. Mm -hmm. So the first son who was born first, but they say has no beginning and has no end. So this is, these are things again, beyond the human mind. How can we birth something that has no beginning and no end? I don't know. We have to, we'll have to let that one marinate. <laughs> but so uh, the first one, Yokahu, he's considered like the life force of the universe. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then Okar, he is the manifestation of human challenge. Ooh. So this to me brought up another story that I heard, but this story was about angels and demons. They're still from the creator. Mm -hmm. So for example, an angel will come and whisper to you and try to nudge you in the direction of, let's say your destiny or your highest good, but let's say you ignore it. Mm -hmm. So then what they do is they send the demon in to destroy something, to create an accident, to create disease, because then people will listen. So it was interesting that I've heard that story with angel and demon. But in this story, it was just her two sons. Another interesting thing is, is that she supposedly had sex with her sons to create the human or life. Where have we heard that before? <laughs> the, I swear there's like another yeah. Oh, yeah. myth. There is. I can't think of exactly yeah. which one, but we've we covered it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we covered. Yeah. yeah. So that's an interesting thing. You know, I think that um, kind of as a side note, you know, uh, incest is something that is more widespread than I think most of us understand. And it makes me think about why and how this dates back to our natural way 
I don't know what that is. I'm just saying it's it's a question. Like what what is the parallel? Why? Well, actually, so the theme of the two sons, you see that in the Bible as well. There's Cain and Abel, Esau and Jacob. And like one is like the favorite. Yeah. And then the other one is like shunned. Mm. Um, and so actually that's where you get Jacob. Uh, like the book of Jacob ended up being like the um, like that ended up being like the Old Testament and then descendants of Esau that ended up I think becoming um, Islam Mm -hmm. so it's interesting that you see that theme Mm -hmm. in the ancient world Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah like cultures and groups of people that have not had any contact right it's like supposedly supposedly yeah right, right. supposedly it's like what where are they getting this information from mm-hmm. is this uh certain beings just reincarnated under different names yeah is it you know that these energies went into different civilizations at the same time like that multi-dimensionality so there is a lot of and uh, you see that all the time even like even in fairy tales like mm-hmm. there's the evil stepsister and then there's like the protagonist you know i think too with like the family unit is such a way for us as humans to understand these concepts Mm -hmm. so they put it so even talking about like incest well like technically you know she's the creator she birthed this thing you know like Mm -hmm. it's it's a it's not the same way we think about it, like Catherine and her baby, or like mm-hmm. me and me and my two sons. Right, you know what I mean. Right, yeah. So it's different. Yeah, it's different. But. Yeah. <laughs> Another interesting thing that, of course, the snake and the yeah. serpent is is there. Yes. You know, she basically, you know, um, it was the boa constrictor uh, is one of her sacred animals, um, and. I thought that was interesting. And also they say that when she was going to give birth, that she embodied or connected or called in the frog mother. Mm-hmm. So if you see pictures of Atabe, which I I don't think I've even mentioned her name. Yeah. yeah. Atabe. Right. She is considered like the creatrix, mm-hmm. creatress. And when she was going to give birth, she called on one of her spirit animals, the frog mother the the one of infinite fertility mm-hmm. you know uh she who is uh, i think like 10,000 eggs like she just has this so when you see pictures of atabe she's in like this squatted position mm-hmm. so it's like her her yoni is kind of central and then her legs are kind of bent she does look very frog like right yeah. so there goes that reptilian reference mm-hmm. so not only is she associated with the snake she also you know use the energy of the frog mother to and birth isn't the frog considered sacred like yeah. the koki mm-hmm. yep yep the koki the koki. koki yeah yeah and they said you know there are stories that people have in the past tried to take the koki into mm-hmm. other environments and they died and it went right now from what she said that there are other places that the koki can um live and thrive but yeah it's very sacred it's it's like i think it might be like the totem animal it in is. Puerto Rico. Yeah, yeah. The little I think brown I have frog. the like the thing. It's like a wooden yeah. frog and the stick that goes on its back. Oh yeah, yeah. It makes it sound like the noise. Frog weedle. Yeah, I have one upstairs. Mm-hmm. I have one at home too. Yeah, I have a lot of frog. Frogs were my grandma. Just like they were always around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, uh, 
when you like for example i went into uh cleveland mofongo and they had um which is like on 117th they sell like mofongo spanish food whatever puerto rican food and so there's this island they have a, a map of the island and then they have like a picture of the goki mm -hmm. and of the sun so it's interesting that even in places that are very um proud and represent the Taino way, you don't really see Atabe symbol as much. You see the sun mm -hmm. and the frog. And the frog. So there's still this, even in the most, even in the places that you see pride, you still see the, the feminine stripped from that. And in the story, she's the creator. So it's just very ironic. Yeah, I have a question actually. So I was reading the website, the Kane Circle, really cool stuff um but yeah i guess my biggest question is like how many people from puerto rico are in touch with this culture more with than i think i mean people know people know and you see the Daino symbolism like everywhere um i think people are pretty prevalent i don't think people know the details of the story i don't think they know you know necessary especially here in cleveland so that's why i'm so excited that you're doing this because mm -hmm. we have such a large community mm -hmm. of puerto ricans here in cleveland mm -hmm. and you know that are very connected to the culture but have morphed it into this midwest you know mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. <laughs> more just like pride yeah just like puerto rican pride yeah, yeah. without yeah, necessarily being connected to the deities and the progenitors well yeah because they destroy you know when the colonizers and conquistadors and right. fucking bitch defer columbitch came <laughs> um, <laughs> they destroyed all of that stuff so like that's what sometimes you know and i feel like black folks can feel this as well it's like not knowing your roots because it's been taken and decimated and destroyed right. um at least you know we do have a location we can look back to and you know like i know for a fact because i did one of those dna tests i don't know if the government's gonna track me or whatever <laughs> who cares i just wanted to find out but i do i have Daino blood there only like because i'm only half puerto rican so it's only like 10 percent but it's, it's there, there. Mm -hmm. i'm taking it it's there yeah <laughs> yeah and i think that like when i spoke with miguel he actually was really excited we were doing it here too because he said that he had been wanting because mm -hmm. he lives in pennsylvania he had been wanting to have um the taino population represented here because like mm -hmm. it's really big in new york and in florida right. and yeah. pa but for some reason i think it's that midwestern bible belt energy yeah. well chicago has so much like mainland mm. Puerto Rican history comes mm -hmm. from Chicago. I got my Young Lords button on my jacket today. Um, but yeah, there's so much history there. But yeah. again, like I don't know how much of that is connected to like the Taino culture right. and spirituality. Yeah. But yeah. So, you know, we're doing it. You know, yeah. we're 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 learning and we're teaching at the same time and just being humble because there's so much information, you know, like even for me, you know, when I created I, I had created some T-shirts and two of the T-shirt styles were representative of uh, Atabe and the sun. Mm -hmm. And I thought, am I? Am I using this per, for profit? Am I, you know, it, mm -hmm. I had to pause and think about that. But in my heart, it's it's really pride and it's 
to bring this information forward. So yeah, it's a really interesting thing as we're learning. And, you know, honestly, I want to approach this without anger because I do have some because it pisses me off that like our people are still following the God and the religion of our oppressors. And that Mm -hmm. really bothers me. And I want and sometimes I wonder, is it out of ignorance? Is it out of fear? Is it out of what is it like? Why are we still? Why? And I know that we're not doing it as much. It's, it's obviously it's it's becoming more and more unraveled, but yeah. uh, it's still a point of. I mean, it's just so ingrained. I know it's so. I mean, in Latin American culture, they came. I went to the first um, church that the Spanish built mm-hmm. in Mexico City, uh-huh. and it was eerie. It was very, very eerie. Being Where is in there. it? In Mexico City, it's like the first church that the Spanish built, the first Catholic oh. church. Mm. Um, but it was, yeah. I think that they built, I'm going to fuck this up, so I'm sorry. But I think that they built in the Americas. Okay. The first one. Okay. Um, But yeah, it's, I understand. And I'm like, I still have a familial association with that stuff. You come to mm-hmm. my house, there's crucifixes. Mm-hmm. There's you know dead old hollowed out jesus's and mary's well i'm not even mad at i'm not mad at anyone first of all but i think but see the the difference is is that you have a wider understanding you're just going with what resonates with you but i'm Mm -hmm. talking about people that yeah just reject it yeah or that you know what i mean so again i'm not saying like for example my mom she has always felt this connection with mother mary Mm -hmm. right but there are other family members that are hardcore that is not a part of like the God or like, it's just Jesus. Yeah. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah, so no, like even, that. even, yeah. So it's, that's what I'm saying is I, I, I yeah. know that we all have our symbology. Yeah, um, it's just like, we have to just be educated in what we're doing. Yeah. No, yeah I and like, I totally understand where you're coming from. Like being kind of a protector and someone who is in touch with your roots and you know, you're very spiritual um, I could see how you would have that little bit of anger yeah. that why, why aren't more people recognizing, but at the same time, you know, a lot of people, um, you know, the oppression is part of the history now too, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of about rewriting that or trying to correct that. And so that's why your project is so important is cause you're kind of, um, creating something enticing visually mm-hmm. and with with sounds and music that yeah. can help people to reclaim that connection so mm-hmm. that's it that's totally it and you know I've had this conversation before we may have even had it on the podcast too but I, I this is a complete theory or opinion but I believe that some of the natural disasters in Puerto Rico are to wake us up to bring us back to our roots. So we're going to talk about Guabanse, which yeah. is basically another manifestation of Atabe, mm-hmm. but the one that is the destroyer, like the Kali energy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there are certain myths or there's certain stories that will say that Guabanse would come in if, let's say, the deities or uh, if the, let's say, if Mother Earth or Atabe wasn't being revered then Guabanse would come in, right, to restore balance. So it's just, it's a curious thing. Like, you know, why is Puerto Rico continuing to be hit over and over and over again? Like, what is happening? But on the on the flip side, there's a lot of beauty where people are reclaiming a lot of pride. And and so it is, it's it's And the revolution that happened, the political, like, energy that went into 
the protests that happened a year ago, almost over a year ago. Um, well, yeah, over a year ago. But uh, that ousted that governor. Like you'd never seen in recent years since, you know, the like protests and events that happened because of the Nationalist Party and things like that. But since then, which was, that was in like the 50s and 60s, since then there hasn't been anything until now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's coming full force. What you're saying um, about what you're theorizing about Guabonse. Woo, there's a bee by me. Hey, bee, bee. Hey, little BB. Uh, yeah, we're outside. Here. <laughs> we're facing. The we're in the nature spirits uh, territory here. Um, but yeah, th- what you were saying about her kind of reminds me of Sekhmet and what we were saying about, you know, she was like the goddess of plagues and mm-hmm. also justice. And when she was upset because there wasn't enough justice and fairness, like she'd come out with a plague. Yeah. And so it's kind of what you're saying there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what episode did we talk about Guabanse? Was that the first that was, one or no. I don't know if it was the first it one, but it was early one. on. It was, I think maybe like episode three four, or four. Three or four Your yeah. memory. Yeah. What? How can you give a number? I don't know. My Jesus. memory is kind of weird. It was early. It was early days. It was early. You'll have to go back in the archive. Yeah. And I smoke so much weed. Like, how, yeah. You are an enigma. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I want to take another little um, paragraph again from the Kanai Circle talking about Guabanse. Because again, like his writing. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, OK, so. He writes, uh, the non-nurturing manifestation of the cosmic matriarch is an entity known as Guabanse, the wild mother. In this manifestation, she represents untamed and untamable mother nature. She reminds us of our true fragility, that we never have and never will master our environment. We are actually just as vulnerable to the unwise decisions that we make when we alter it as any other living creature. Guaban said, manifest in the awful force of a hurricane, the terrifying upheaval of an earthquake, the grisly furry of a rampaging volcano, such as those that dot the smaller eastern islands of the Caribbean region. The Tainos represented Guabanse in stone carvings as an erupting volcano in the shape of a female breast. From its summit, the great fire mountain spews forth a stream of lava that snakes down its side in the form of the cosmic matriarch sacred animal, the serpent. At the bottom, the great lava serpent ones, excuse me, the great lava serpent opens its all-consuming maw, teeth gritted fiercely to eat up everything in its fiery path. Mm. So that's like, my God, like, yo. Th- but that to me, that shows that let's just call it God. God is everything. That's my political or <laughs> religious <laughs> view is that God is everything. And this earth is the physical manifestation manifestation that we have of god and we're disrespecting the fuck out of it yeah yeah like fuck going like seriously fuck your bible fuck going to church unless you can care for the very tangible thing which are other humans Mm -hmm. because you should see god in everyone you meet Mm -hmm. and this earth Mm -hmm. fuck your religion yeah (laughs) yeah it's like how 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 can we be in a place of honor and balance like Mm -hmm. someone would call it walking softly on the earth yeah you know like doing no harm you know um and i also think it's really beautiful like in certain writings when they 
talk about the earth like let's say the mountains being her breast Mm -hmm. right or the cave being sacred wombs Mm -hmm. you know like all of that is super dope and there have been times where I've been hiking and I forgot where this place is but it's it's in Cleveland or outside of Cleveland but in these big rock formations you see what looks like as a a, a sacred vulva or an opening like Mm -hmm. several times and it's like it's really interesting and and in the shamanic way you know there are many um stories or when you journey you're going into the cave Mm -hmm. yeah that's how you enter into your journey so there's a sacredness of the cave yeah we were just talking about that i'm doing like a planetary series and we're talking about pluto this week and like the symbolism of the cave is so plutonian Mm -hmm. it's just like Mm. that underworld experience it kind of like you go into the darkness and then you go through a, a process of transformation you come out you see the light you're a little bit changed after that or a lot changed what are right? a lot <laughs> changed. all of those natural resources i mean those habitats too there's this incredible cave system yeah. you know there's the mountains there yeah. it was born of a volcano yeah underwater puerto rico's a little island of fire yeah yeah. yeah, and how powerful nature can be, too, because, mm-hmm. you know, there was that story, what was it, a year or two ago, with, like, people getting s- trapped in the cave? Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, I remember that. And, like, the rescue and everything, but, yeah, it's kind of on that theme of Guabonse representing, like, the wild, untamable nature, mm-hmm. and it's fierce. She's fierce. Very fierce, yeah, and, you know, I think that, like, Let's just, if we look at Ata Bay, you know, and her fertility or her creatress energy, mm-hmm. that even though it's not included or not revered, it's still acceptable. But the fiery, untamed aspect of the feminine, that's tricky. And even in like when they were describing Guabanse and they called her the divine enchantress, even that is curious Ooh. to me. Like, mm-hmm. what is that about? Yeah. You know, how can I want to tap into that? Yeah, <laughs> I'll be trying to tap into that. I got this snake now. Her and I be dancing. We tapping in. Oh, do you? Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I saw that like kaleidoscope that you did. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to, yeah, like, how do I connect with this creature in a more, you know, authentic and like real way other than just like holding her in my hands or yeah. something? Yeah. Snake and, dance. Yeah. I've been, I've been doing some snake dances. You know, and I don't know about you two, but like the more that we come across the serpent, the more questions I have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I have, I still don't feel satisfied. Like why does this serpent keep popping up? How, like, so even, even in uh, Atabe's story, when if she was the creatress, but she's still connected with the frog energy. So the frog or or the reptile energy is there already. Mm -hmm. So it's like, who are these reptilians right? reptiles are supposed to be the first creatures right like that's just and i got questions and when we were talking about this serpent blood dna episode reptilians. which is probably like episode five or six in the catalog <laughs> um, but we were talking about that and like the blood type the people that don't have that primate that rhesus factor how they're considered to have reptilian blood yeah i'm just saying when we keep talking about snakes i feel like i'm talking about my ancestors so <laughs> Tapping into the ancestors in My another ancestral way. lineage. Yeah, I really like this quote from Kane Circle about um, Atabe and 
and her relationship with the boa constrictor. It says one is the boa constrictor snake called Maha, who legless spends its entire lifetime hugging and caressing the earth with its body. Mm. I just love that. Like just the simple act of slithering is like hugging and caressing the earth. I just love that. It feels, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. what Mooney's doing when she's on me. Aw, <laughs> hugging and caressing she's you. She's hugging and caressing. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like the snake is certainly a powerful symbol, and it's certainly multidimensional. You know, like it has like that ability to hug and caress, but it's also like the venom. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, that we talk about like the fierceness of the snake in the Medusa story that mm-hmm. we have yes. also talked about. Yeah, check out our catalog, <laughs> Stephanie. What episode is it? <laughs> My think Medusa might be number like two. It's like seven. Oh, maybe something. we need some like um, need neutral arch- fact checkers to see. Yeah, we <laughs> some need archivists. Some, yeah, I don't know if that's how you say the word, but we need live <laughs> listeners to be helping us. Yeah, <laughs> look stuff up. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like like that whole going back to like the the creation and and her thought her will and her power my god like i don't think we're tapped in even like i think we're like tapped in a percentage wise into our power Mm -hmm, like how and because think about it when we talk about manifestation especially with the feminine we don't really discuss will a lot Mm -hmm. it's more about intuition and being Mm -hmm. but no this was her her raw will will yeah i love that Mm -hmm. i think that this creation myth is so empowering as far as like feminist um dialogue goes yeah yeah and you know i remember um i think it was in the session with the quantum healing session with Catherine, where basically the information that came forward was about women coming together in song and dance and and all of that and you know in the in the story it talks about that you know her power was her rhythm her chant so what does that mean mm-hmm. you know like how how does that practically play into our manifestation process and the one thing that i can think of is Ooh. when i'm in a healing session right there are sometimes songs or phrases or words that come out that I don't know what they mean, but they come out. I, I recognize them like I couldn't right now repeat mm-hmm. them to you. Yeah. But when I'm in a certain space, energetically speaking, there's certain. So I feel like do we all have our own chant? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think um What's coming to mind for me as you talk about this, Lynette, is like I have a four month old baby and just instinctually, like as a mom, like when I'm trying to calm her down, I'm repeating myself like, shh, it's okay, shh, it's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, like we kind of instinctually come up with that repetition yeah yeah and and it's like you are trying to manifest it like i'm trying to manifest her to <laughs> mm-hmm. calm down yeah. you know yeah um but yeah even just like in mantras mm-hmm. yeah you're doing that's all you're doing is is the repetition and one it's kind of like asserting that um that script that projection of what you want to manifest of what you want to kind of reprogram in your mind but yeah it it also is reprogramming yourself so that you can kind of be in greater alignment with what you're calling in yeah Mm -hmm. so Catherine you can chime in if you want to I heard someone say that 
uh, whether you think we're in the age of Aquarius or we're moving into the age of Aquarius, that yeah. the manifestation of actual words or your voice is that Aquarian or that air energy of communication. So it's like, again, is that a, a part of manifestation that we have to tap into more is using our, our voice, using our chant, our song, our rhythm? Sure. Like, I think there are so many opinions and projections of what we want the age of Aquarius to be. Um, I do think that we are between ages right now. I think we are still, it's still very Piscean, but we see the age of Aquarius coming in. And so we're starting to get an idea of what that's going to be about. And it definitely involves technology. It definitely involves the sharing of information and putting our heads together to collaborate. You know, Aquarius has a lot of emphasis on collaboration, um, mental collaboration, putting our heads together. And the whole idea of like the Internet kind of bringing people together to share ideas and what can happen when we put our heads together for better or for worse, you know? Right. And then also every astrological age brings in an element from the polarity. So if you look at the Piscean age, um, opposite Pisces is Virgo. So you have this, the archetype of the Virgin mm -hmm. coming into play. Mm -hmm. um, so moving into the age of Aquarius, we have the archetype of Leo kind of coming into balance, which it's kind of nice because you have the group contrast with the individual. So you mm -hmm. do need individuals to shine. Um, but I, I just think it's interesting that, um, you know, on this like whole Internet culture that we have, Aquarius, there's like the Instagram celebrity, Leo. Yeah. <laughs> kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think that this idea of manifestation, I think that, you know, they say like the hermetic law, one of them is all is mental, right? Yes. And so in all of this stuff that we're going through and in the duality and the polarity is how do we hold what we want and not overly focus on what we don't want without quote unquote spiritual bypassing? Yeah. And actually now you reminded me of something. So basically the whole idea of the four elements, fire, earth, air, water, air, we can't see it. It's like the one that's kind of more invisible. And also, as far as the mental realms go, it's believed that we're only accessing a small percentage of that ability. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about the air element, we're missing a big chunk of what could be possible so what mm -hmm. you're saying with the the mental realm and being able to actualize with your mind aka telekinesis um i do think that we have that ability and we could harness it mm -hmm. yeah yeah so you know how do we get clear on what kind of reality we want and how do we birth it how do we how do we hold like i love abraham hicks and she mm -hmm. talks about your focus where's your focus now some people call abraham hicks th they say that she encourages spiritual bypassing because she's saying she doesn't really talk about like shadow work no she's just saying 
if you keep looking to heal or looking for that, you're going to keep perpetuating that, which I understand to a degree. There's no 100% universal truth, right? But I'm saying I get what she's saying is how do we hold our focus on what we want instead? Like, so if someone's saying, would you go to an anti-war rally or would you go to a peace rally? Yeah, and I totally get that. Like, they say with magic, you have to focus on the uh, affirmative. You have to focus on the positive because magic, just like your subconscious, doesn't pay attention to negatives. So if you're trying to manifest something, you say, I am abundant. I am abundant. Mm -hmm. Not, I don't want to be poor. Right. Because then you're focusing on the poverty. And so I think about that a lot. Like, when I see bumper stickers on cars that are anti-Trump mm-hmm. or I saw one the other day like ditch Mitch and I'm like I know they're talking about Mitch McConnell but then I read that and I hear that name and I hear that vibration and I'm sending that vibration energy like yeah. I would rather see a bumper sticker um for the other candidate for example or for things that are like more positive like mm-hmm. when you put things out there that are anti-Trump you're still sending him energy mm-hmm. yeah my uh, really good friend Brittany Gonzalez mm-hmm. has a company called Good Gracious and she and uh, another artist Lisa Kine um, created these like yard signs that say kindness over candidates or Ooh. just say vote or you know like just really like pot like affirmative as opposed to like divisive. So you can look her up on Instagram at Good Gracious and Kapasai. I love, I love that. It. They're beautiful. They really are. I've They're seen great. them. They are beautiful. Yeah. P.S. We have this spider hanging out on my <laughs> microphone this entire time. It's like super dark goddess energy. Yeah. Thank you for out. coming. I've tried to relocate her and she just keeps no. coming back. Spider- she wants Grandma, to be right here. Grandmother energy. She yeah. was like, oh, we're talking about OG creation. Yeah. I'm here. Yeah. yeah. Spider Woman was the creatrix in the Navajo and Hopi traditions. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I want to correct myself. I said, thank you for being here. Actually, we are thankful to be here with you. Yes. <laughs> thank you for allowing us to be here. Thank you. I'm sorry I tried to kick you off my mic. But you just tried pretty to Pretty close relocate. to my face yeah. right now. The spider is like. The spider doesn't know about face. social yeah. distancing. No, yeah. the spider does not care about social distancing. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I also want to um, also just bring up another aspect of the project that ties into, you know, what we're talking about in terms of rhythm and chant. The uh, the one of the traditional dances of Puerto Rico is called bomba. And basically uh, the Africans, uh, the African slaves and the Tainos, they would come together and they would sing and they would dance and they would drum and they would play instruments and they would basically called it the newspaper of the people. So they would sing about the injustices injustices or the oppression, but they would also sing for celebratory reasons. Mm-hmm. So I think that right now, when we're talking about rhythm and song and chant, like how can we still be in community? And I know that that's really controversial right now, that's tricky right now, but I think that how can we do that so that we can stay connected, you know, and how can we use our voices um, and I'm watching Catherine move our creatress out of her mic. <laughs> <laughs> with just daintily with a leaf, though. It's really, Trying. I know. It's adorable. <laughs> She's there. Okay, she came off. Oh, 
Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> she might come back. She'll be back. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I think that because it's so intense, like, how can we still have some fun? You know, how can mm-hmm. we still allow music and instruments and singing and dancing? Because, again, no matter you know, what group we're from or we identify with, that's still at the basis of our ancestors and mm-hmm. how they were able to move through really difficult periods Absolutely. of oppression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, I think, and you know, I don't want to get too into the current climate of COVID, but I just want to say that theoretically speaking, that's part of the agenda is keeping people afraid of other people, keeping people separated physically, you know, and I know that that's delicate and that's still something that we're working through, but I I don't want us to feel so disconnected from other people. Um, I just think that that's some things that, and maybe we needed that, that quote unquote pause or disconnection so that we can see the value and that mm-hmm. we can, you know, we understand how much we need other people. Yeah. And like how important community really, yeah. really is. And that's the other thing you've been seeing through times of crisis is like, I do try to take in more of seeing, you know, community members step up for each other, you know, all this mutual aid that's going around, like we're sustaining each other. Yeah. Like humanity's staying afloat because of just everyday people. Um, and so it's, it is nice to see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully that continues past pandemic. That continues yeah. past, you know, the battles that we're working through now. And that becomes something that we aspire to do every day. Yeah. And that just we that's don't how we live. Touch of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of part of the late stage capitalism is just like realizing kind of the things that are most important that we've been neglecting, mm-hmm. which is like. I don't know, like after being isolated for so long, because, you know, I had to be very careful because I was pregnant, didn't mm-hmm. want to give birth alone, mm-hmm. didn't want my baby taken. Mm-hmm. I know. Like yeah. we record and stuff, but still it's yeah. like, you know, we're not hugging each other. We're we're distant. We're not yeah. gossiping over like shared snacks. And <laughs> we're outside. Yeah. 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 And well, and like I said, I think that it's all about perspective. Right. So it's like, again, we'll when we are in a different space, I don't want to say back to normal, but when we're in a different space, you know, I hope that we'll just remember and we won't take it for granted. Yeah. I feel like they say that you need like eight hugs a day and they need to be 20 second long. Hey, I am short. I am neglected. (laughs) You know, if you hold a hug too long, sometimes it's awkward. Do you remember that? Yeah. (laughs) And like, I feel like, moving forward there won't be any awkward hugs yeah right right and it makes me think of um, my grandmother they said that you know my grandparents my grandfather um they were both born in puerto rico my grandfather was in the u.s military so it's not like they didn't like they didn't skip meals right Mm -hmm. so they had you know they they had their stuff but they were very generous like my grandmother would cook and no matter who came over everyone was eating yeah and sometimes we would be like man is she like jesus like how is she multiplying this food (laughs) like how is she able to baskets of fish come from right (laughs) you know so it just makes me think of her generosity her house you know how she was Mm -hmm. hospitable and like i look forward to doing that more like having um, places of community where people like just come on you know yeah. what I mean that was another thing taking I mean, care of each other you can learn from our culture and you know 
that sense of community. My grandpa did the Meals on Wheels. Oh, my grandma did that too. That's awesome. I know. But like, yeah, that sense of community, that sense of like where I came from, it's such a dense Puerto Rican community in South Lorraine. Yeah. And everybody went to the same church. Right. And everybody's family knew everybody else. Right. And it was just like they created this sort of like diasporic Puerto Rican community out up here in the Midwest by a steel mill. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So, when I was running around in New York as like a 19, 20 year old punk rocker, like <laughs> I hung out with a lot of people from different backgrounds mm-hmm. and there was quite a few kids who I hung out with who were homeless and, or kids that were immigrants and maybe you know they couldn't get jobs and they didn't have like the most money but these people were always the most generous and Mm -hmm. they would buy a six pack and give away five of the beers wow and like I just remember that and just being like a young kid and just like being around people who were always sharing like no matter what and that was really cool when you're young and you don't have shit it's almost like well none of us have shit separately but together we might be able to scrounge up a little yeah. bit of shit. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It also makes me think of where we're um, I had someone that was telling me some stories about uh, the Taino. So uh, they started off potentially in Venezuela. They were part of the Arawak group mm-hmm. and they migrated up to the Caribbean. And when they got to, you know, when the when the specific group got to Puerto Rico, they came from a place in, um, you know, Central America or South America where there were more predators. Uh, the conditions were more severe. But in Puerto Rico, it was like the land was super fertile. Uh, they didn't have as many predators. And so that they were able to build upon the arts Um, and the music and they became really creative and they were also very festive people which is makes sense right because puerto rico's like puerto ricans like we'll literally have a party over whatever baptism we get turned up like funerals right we get turned some lit funeral parties yeah and so it's like in our society now how can we ascend or progress beyond struggle Mm -hmm. beyond lack Mm-hmm. so that we can be more creative so that we can live more out our purpose and again like i know as a piscinian person like i have these idealistic ways of looking at things so i'm not saying well, we're going to be in paradise tomorrow but i think that we all want to get to a point where we can live more like that yeah where we're not tied to our survival yeah. and just operating right. in that wheel yeah 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 so um i on my <gasps> website that's the baby. <laughs> we got the baby. She's got to eat. Baby. Pause. Lisa, <laughs> All right, bye, bye. guys. <laughs> Baby's here. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, uh, like, on my website, LynetteRamos.com, I have um, kind of, like, just some information about the project. Uh, I am uh, selling T-shirts to support the project. Um, people can make donations to Venmo or Cash App. So I just want to thank people in advance uh, for supporting me. And I also want to thank the people that have already done that. Um, so, yeah, I just awesome. appreciate the, the ability to share this information. Yeah. yeah. And so if people want to follow along with what you're doing with the project, is your Instagram the best way to follow along? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I'm going to be uh, posting some s- more things on Instagram. So it's uh, Lynette, L-Y-N-E-T-T-E dot Maris, 
M-A-R-I-S-3. And also, um, I don't post much on my YouTube right now, but I will be. So, awesome. you know, I'll be posting some videos. So, yeah, you know, um, posting videos of the island, the dancing. Oh, I can't wait. Nature. I, yeah. I want to yeah. share some of this on our um, podcast. Yeah. Yes. Instagram, too. So that way, at least folks can follow along yeah and you know again just to to reiterate you know i hope that this sparks something within every single person Mm -hmm. that touches this project um to connect with your ancestors connect with your roots celebrate who you are learn more about who you are um and you know hopefully we can find ways of being culturally diverse and rich and learning and honoring everyone's specific way while finding points of intersection right Mm -hmm. because there's so many ways that we're alike right yeah totally yeah i I think at the end of the day everybody regardless of political affiliation party affiliation but views everybody at the end of the day wants the same thing like we just want our families to be happy Mm -hmm. healthy safe and Mm -hmm. like fed yeah a hundred percent and like how we get there seems to be what we're fighting about Yeah. And I think once people realize that the way I get there doesn't have to be the way you get there. Yeah. But like, don't get in my way. Right. And Please also, don't. You know, and also like, like the uh, the like um, idea that if you have enough, that means that I don't have enough. Right. Right. We're all coming from this place of like, there's only so much scarcity mentality. Scarcity. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I want to see everybody doing well. Mm-hmm. There's enough for everyone. There's enough for everybody. Jeff Bezos has enough for everyone. <laughs> for everyone. Let's yeah. go pinata that motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another thing that I was thinking about, too, is sometimes we have these projects or things that we want to do and we don't really know how we would do them and i just want to say like you it's like how can we all step forward into what we want without having it all figured out Mm -hmm. and sometimes we get support from places we have we didn't expect Mm -hmm. and so i know that for me there have been some roadblocks but that's just with any project right? right so i i know that when i hit certain roadblocks i it would have me empathize with other people because I'm like, this is why sometimes people don't pursue their their heart projects. Right. So it's like another way of inspiration is how do we, again, that's going to look different from everyone. It doesn't have to be a project, but like what are we doing or what are we not doing that mm-hmm. we really want to do, that we're afraid to do, and we don't have it all figured out. But it's just like how can we just get going on some of those things? Right. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I feel inspired. I do too. <laughs> yeah. Well, and uh, that paragraph about Atabe. Yeah. Can you like send me Absolutely. the link? Because there's some stuff in there for the book. So I, what <laughs> oh, I'm going to yeah. do, if I'm going to, there's that specific um, paragraph I actually got from a video that oh, okay. Miguel yeah, created. Can you send me that? Yes. Like he's amazing. Again, follow his work. He's on Facebook, Miguel, M-I-G-U-E-L, Sage, S-A-G-U-E. Mm. And so, yeah, maybe what we'll do is um, when we share the podcast, I'll post some links because he spent, you know, a lot of his life. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he's a great researcher and teacher, so. Awesome. Oh, uh, the oh. baby's oh. talking. Hi, say hi, Lila. Hi, Lila. <laughs> she wants to be part of the fallen fruit too. Oh yeah, she, she is a, the fall. She she's is. the fruit that fell. <laughs> <laughs> she's our little dark goddess bee. <laughs> she is our little Lila of the night. Okay. Well. 
thank you all so much for tuning in with us again today on this episode of the fallen fruit um stephanie do you have anything that you want to plug nope it's like i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) i i have taken an actual step back from doing tarot um i do it personally me and tarot having a great time together reconnecting but um i'm just working on my book is what i'm spending all my time on and i post about that on my ig all the time (laughs) about that and my walks and weed and jokes uh so you can follow that journey at st.g.i.n.e.s.e bam awesome and uh i'm Catherine urban i'm a mom right now actively breastfeeding <laughs> my a, child you're a whole and ass. that's about yeah. what i got going on right now still doing astrology <laughs> teaching astrology and i'll plug good. you so she's doing a, a <laughs> class right now with coven you feed the baby we'll plug you <laughs> yeah i got you i don't have all the details but if you if you follow uh Catherine, uh urban and coven uh, she's actually has a series right now that she's teaching. So um, if you want to step further into your astrology studies and um, be able to interpret your own personal information and maybe help some other people out, um, follow her. Uh, she has more information at her website. Yeah. yeah. Thanks so much. Lynette. At Astro Catherine. At Astro Catherine. Catherine on with a C. And then you can see baby pictures there, too. Yeah. yeah. All right, y'all. Thanks for joining us today. Hey. Peace. Peace. Bye.